The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The medicines shortage continues with cholesterol and blood pressure meds being added to the list of almost 300 drugs that are now in short supply. I'm joined on the line by Sandra Gannon, MD of Asia Pharmaceutical. Sandra, good morning. Hi, good morning, Pat. Uh, this is probably the third time we've spoken about uh, the shortages and uh, you alerted us to the fact that, you know, some of them are to do with uh, the pricing organised by uh, the HSE. Um, has nothing been done? Um, so far, no, Pat. Um, I know there are a number of applications um, for price increases for some of the older, uh, very inexpensive medicines um, that have been submitted, but we, we haven't heard of any uh, having approval so far. Um, and we're seeing, you know, the the number of shortages just increase um, exponentially week on week. So as of this morning, it's 309. And I think when we spoke first, um, it was, you know, around about the 200 mark. So um, there's no sign of it diminishing. Um, and what we're seeing is, um, you know, the shortages are actually longer in duration where we mm. used to see it for a couple of weeks. We're now seeing, you know, some of the antibiotics that were short in January are, are not due to come back into stock in, in uh, until August, September, October, some in, into Q4, going into the winter uh, season again. So um, there's no sign of it diminishing and there's been very little um, engagement from the Department of Health in relation to it. Now, presumably the manufacturers are still manufacturing as they did before. Um, there might have been supply chain issues earlier on, um, but those supply chain issues should have been resolved. So where are the medicines going if they're not coming as they should to us? Who's buying them? Uh, good question. Um, yes, manufacturing is continuing and obviously there's a finite capacity for what can be manufactured. Um, and what we're seeing, I guess, in some cases is shortages of API. So the active pharmaceutical ingredient is just not available or uh, if it is available, it's going to markets that are paying higher prices. Um, and yeah, it's 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 right across the spectrum of medicines that we're seeing short. Um, and you know, there are other markets that have shortages, but I think you know you can only play what's in front of you. And we need to look after um, yeah. Irish patients in the Irish market, and that's why you know it's time that we started to get proactive. You know, yeah. sitting back and waiting for this to resolve is now, just you, not going to happen. You have suggested that we develop, like other countries have done, an essentials medicines list. That, you know, you can judge every year by and large how much you're going to need of X, Y and Z and that we should list those medicines and make sure we have a sufficient stockpile of them. Yeah, so other countries like Denmark and France um, have published essential medicine lists. So these are medicines that we really have to focus on avoiding uh, shortages for. So that would be a first step. And then the next step would be to map out the supply chain of those medicines. So you know, how much demand is there? How many packs are sold every year? How many suppliers do we have? You know, we should at least aim for, for two for the smaller volume medicines and maybe four and five for the larger volume medicines like the statins. And then also to map whether the supply chains are independent of each other. So do they have separate um, active pharmaceutical ingredient manufacturers? Do they have separate um, manufacturing plants? Because we saw in the antibiotic shortage um, issue that there were 
a number of licenses here, but all of them, all of the supply came from one plant. And that's, you know, you know, if there's anything, if anything happens in that singular plant, yeah. then you have a big problem on your hands. So it's about trying to be proactive, get out in front of it, create that list and then sit and map you know what do we need to do how many you know do we need to attract new suppliers to the market to cover the demand yeah now uh, in terms of stockpiling stuff you know if the government itself was to have a central supply i mean the problem is that meds go out of date even though they could be quite they could be quite effective do you know you can have a can of beans that says it expires in february of 2024 you could open it in 2026 and it would be absolutely fine um, so, you know, often these expiry dates are a bit, uh, you know, conservative, shall we say? I think I think most um, most manufacturers will aim to maximise the expiry date. So, you know, way back it used to be 18 months, two years. Uh, now the average is three years expiry and um, companies are aiming more and more for a five-year um, um, expiry. So that would give ample scope um, you know, because all of the stockpiles would be based on, uh, you know, forecastable demand. Yeah. Um, so you would be able to forecast and and then make sure that you used it before um, yeah. an expiry date of three years. And what you do is you rotate, you uh, you know, the oldest stuff you put into the exactly. supply chain early to the hospitals or whatever, and then replace it with newer stocks so that you never actually go beyond the best beyond uh, date. Now, how critical are some of these things? Because I'm thinking of uh, people who have diabetes absolutely need their insulin every day. Uh, people who've got particular uh, conditions that need specific antibiotics. If they don't get them, it's life-threatening. Blood pressure meds, uh, again, the absence of those can be life-threatening. So are we in a critical situation? I think there are always solutions, but I guess the problem with the solutions is they cost um, time and money and effort to somebody in the chain. So, um, you know, quite often pharmacies will come out from behind the counter and say to the patient, I can't give you your medicine um, this, you know, on this occasion. So you're going to have to go back to your doctor and get uh, an alternative. So that means it's costing, you know, the pharmacy uh, mm. looking for the meds and, and, and then the general practitioner or the hospital consultant time in actually reissuing a, a, an alternative. So you've got that inconvenience on the, you know, the actual opportunity cost of the time that's being used. And then you've also got, you know, the, the you know, the criticality of some of these medicines and, and pharmacy, you know, pharmacists will go to the ends of the earth to procure supply for patients. Um, so if they can find it, they will get it for the patient. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not always possible and there will have to be alternatives given. All right, Sandra, look, thank you very much for your insight. Sandra Gannon, MD of Azure Pharmaceuticals. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.